Hey everybody, joining me as co-host today is fellow faculty member Cody Carroll. And today's episode is part of our cohort series where we interview two of our graduating uh, MSDS students and hear about their experiences in the program here and hear if they have any advice for the incoming cohort. So take it away, Cody. Yeah, so it's uh, it's Cody and Robert here. And today we have Kyle and Shen Xi. They're here to talk to us about, well, just everything right so how the practicum is going this past year how the program has gone what they're doing outside of work outside of you know school <laughs> right so um yeah maybe I'll, I'll ask them to introduce themselves there you can go first yeah hi Cody thanks for having me my name is Chen Xi and I come from China I just been in America for this program I used to major in statistics from my undergrad and now I'm here in the data science program okay cool uh, hi, I'm Kyle. Thanks for having us. My background is I did my bachelor's at the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign in industrial engineering. Realized I did not like engineering that much, <laughs> so I decided to pivot into data science. Uh, worked back home in Turkey for two years and then decided it was time to go back to school. And so now I'm here. Very cool. Nice. Nice. And cool. So do you want to um, you want to talk about your practicums? Like where, where are you working and... What project are you working on? What kind of data are you looking at? Yeah, sure. I am working at a seed stage startup called Pendulum. They're based out of Seattle, but I think everyone's remote. I don't think anyone's in the office, actually. <laughs> they deal mainly with risk intelligence and narratives, which means pretty much like combating fake news and like political science related topics. And what I mainly focus on is, you know, providing support for NLP driven solutions. Most of the most most of the work being done right now is based off of NLP. And so for the past couple of months, the other Yoshi and I, the other student, we're working on multilingual models. Uh, and so the main idea behind the project we were doing is can we have one robust multilingual model versus a bunch of monolingual models? And so we ran a bunch of experiments working with like labeling companies uh, and so we we're pretty like you know hands-on with the company's tools and you know they always kept us in a loop it wasn't very like a, a traditional internship where it's kind of just like oh here's some like busy work it was very like oh we're actually making impact for the company and i don't know if that's because our practicum mentor took the initiative to try and get us integrated or because it's like a startup i think it's a little bit of both mm -hmm. i think you know pretty thankful to my practicum mentor for you know keeping us you know in the loop but you know i think being at a startup has been very like you know insightful about how things you know operate as like a, at a you know ml company i guess yeah definitely how many do you know how how big the startup is like how many people are i think at the time i was the 12th employee wow yeah <laughs> uh, so it's pretty early on they have i have no frame of reference for like what a good amount of funding is or like how startups work in general so i had to like ask around and i think i don't know if this matters but like i i think they had like a reasonable amount of funding they have a lot of ex-government people too because of like risk intelligence and so okay. there's a lot of knowledgeable people out there they have a lot of like ex-apple ex-google people there too so it's pretty promising as a startup so it's like very it was pretty crazy to like we have to work with these like talented people very cool very cool awesome um, maybe we'll follow up on that, but maybe Chinchi, can you, yeah. you share us a little bit about your practicum? Yeah, I work at Monitor, which is 
company that in the agriculture industry, which is quite interesting to me because I never worked at like this kind of traditional industry before. And they use machine learning algorithms to build like to build like grower plan for farmers so they can grow their crops more intelligently. And for now, my project is to detect water stress because in previous before they just use like sensors that are implanted into the soil to sure. see if that's like the soil is moist enough. But sensors are expensive and very easy to broken, very mm-hmm. easy to broke. So now like we use some satellite image. Based on satellite image, we can have some like water stress related data. And from the data, they they wanted me to build an algorithm to detect whether there's anomalies basically. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's really cool. So you're using satellite data and like kind of, I guess, is it color-based or... Um... It's The data comes from satellite, but the website, they already process the image data into like tabular data. So I it's like you. easier for me. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. What kind of anomalies are you looking for? It's like the farmers, they have like two kind of grower plants. One is like they, they water the crops like very fully until they harvest. One is like after... After June, they start to do some kind of they call it deficit irrigation. Mm-hmm. So like they, uh, they don't water the crops that much, but that still like can work and still reasonable. But we want is like they forgot to water one field, though that's just like the water the water level just drop instantly. We want to detect that kind of thing. I but like you. the water level for each field is quite different. The normal the like normal range. So yeah. It's also different for like different crop types. So yeah. That's... Mm, okay. Very interesting. Yeah. It's kind of like creating like baseline and like yeah, some yeah. windows of like yeah. okay, an acceptable range. And like, mm. when is it falling out? And is it like all of the crops together and it's like a deficit irrigation or mm. is it just like this one field where they forgot to do it? Yeah. I see. Very but, cool. Is this for uh, California specifically? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For now, it only works for California. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I mean, there's, yeah, there's tons of agriculture here. So uh, yeah, yeah, right. definitely. Definitely. And it was well, actually, it sounds... Well, because it's agricultural, right, it's, it definitely makes sense for that. But it, it sounds also similar to a practicum that I'm mentoring, which is like the Nature Conservancy, mm-hmm. where we use satellite data to monitor whether fields are flooded in central California, in mm-hmm. the, the Central Valley, because the birds, when they migrate, they need the wetlands in, in central California to stop and rest and like eat. But if they're all dry, they don't know where to go. And then their whole migration pattern gets, mm-hmm. gets messed up. So kind of... So there's some overlap there for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I um one of my 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 first internship was actually agricultural too. It oh, was nice. at the USDA. Yeah. So this was, you know, 13 years ago, so we didn't have anything to do with images and it was all sampling based. Mm-hmm. So it was like hire a bunch of very cheap, you know, high school kids over the summer <laughs> to climb trees and count walnuts on trees. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> and then bring those counts to me, and then I had to make a forecast. You know, like nice. how yeah. many tons of walnuts is California going to produce okay. this summer? Those high school kids ended up starting <laughs> creating scale <laughs> or something. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. It's like, okay, get me out of climbing trees and counting walnuts. <laughs> that sounds like a, you know, a very... It was fun for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Very cool. So, um, well, maybe, maybe just sort of for both of you a question is... Both of those sound like really interesting projects, right? Do you have any interest in kind of staying along those lines in terms of the domain after you graduate, or are you kind of open to exploring other other fields? 
I although I I like to explore like different fields, I feel that agriculture is quite in- interesting. But I feel like one of the problems is like it doesn't have as large data as you would encounter in like e-commerce or like the internet companies. Yeah, because they have to go into each farms to make sure that data is correct. And even now, we still have some like wrongly labeled data, which like right. impacts our algorithms. Yeah, so. I would love to stay this industry if there's opportunity, but I'm also open to like other opportunities. Yeah. 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 I'm kind of in this weird spot where I feel like a lot of my resume is very catered towards NLP. And that was like, not really what I intended. Uh, (laughs) The nice thing about it is that I feel like uh, a lot of the things you're, a lot of the, like the good practices you're doing are pretty transferable Mm -hmm. in terms of like, you know, they have like a lot of transferable skills. You got, you know, making sure like, you know, you know, having your data, you know, making sure all your metrics are robust, things are, those are just all like across the board. Those are all pretty important for any industry. I do have, I think it's kind of just a coincidence where like NLP in general is kind of like the rage right now uh, with like large language models. And I do think they are really interesting and I'm kind of like fortunate that I've gotten to like get exposed to that. The stuff that's being done at Pendulum is pretty cutting edge compared to like some other traditional companies. I think like while older companies may still be doing like bag awards, limitization type things, Pendulum will like see, for example, they'll see like a paper published, you know, on like archive and they'll be like, we can use this and they'll, they'll start doing it. So it's like, they're pretty, they're pretty open to like, you know, doing uh, new products. I think one example is, uh, I think a paper was published like six months ago on like zero shot, like zero shot classification or zero shot learning. And then they just, impl- they just like took that and they have some models already in production that are used that architecture. And right now, one of the other projects I'm working on is recently Google released a paper that's, you know, it's like a react model. So it like takes like reasoning and action and combines them. So you end up compensating for the hallucinations that happen with like large language models. So by like having it fact check by doing like actions, so, like it goes to Wikipedia and like facts checks those, like the things it's like generating. Oh, cool. And that is something that we're working to employ right now in production, which is like all like pretty cool. Just like being able to like work with like cutting edge stuff. Yeah. The only problem is I just worry that it's like too new, too niche. So people don't know what I'm talking about when I talk about it. But uh, I think in general, um, I think for now I'd like to stay in the NLP space for a bit longer, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm st- again, I'm still open to like any opportunities, yeah. right? Of course. Right? Yeah. I think you um, like, you could be lucky in that you have the NLP skills and also machine learning skills, even if you're not really using much ML, like sort of more traditional ML in your practicum, but you've learned it through the program so that when you do look at job opportunities, you can be... You know, you, you might have more of a chance at, at the ones that are looking for NLP people. Like finding data scientists who had a combination of both machine learning and NLP skills was, was always really challenging when I was looking. And so, here, yeah. So, like, I think it's a good category to be in. Assuming you did good in your ML classes and you actually know what you're, know what you're doing there. I don't know. I, I think I did okay, but you guys can both <laughs> decide about how well I did, I guess. But I think it's, like, it's really interesting because... Again, all the phone screens I've had so far have been with NLP related positions. Like it's really it's pretty funny because like the first phone screen I ever got was like actually I'm pretty sure it was just a competitor pendulum. <laughs> like oh, they're wow. just like the rival company. They want to scoop you. <laughs> yeah, they were just like, Oh, 
you know, you want to come over. But, you know, I think the topics that are covered, this has always been a problem data science is like, what, how, how do you like, what do you interview people on? Or like, what does the interviewer study for, right? Mm. And I noticed that even with NLP, it's even worse because it's own set of topics that are like, you know, you need to prep for, you know, you can't just like know what semi analysis is and call it a day. You got to know things ranging from any from like the classical methods. So like you've just even using like naive Bayes to like do like a simple like spam classification. Yeah. You know, levitization, bag of words, word to vec is pretty important. You know, just, there's just like a huge range of topics. And then and then that's all before you even get into like the new stuff like transformers. And that's like, I've just been like a very big um, <laughs> pile of like topics I need to like combat. And that's already on top of like, you know, making sure you're, you know, like your basic stats, you know, your basic animal models. I, I heard that someone got turned down for, someone got rejected for an honor. For a position like an NLP position because they couldn't answer like a simple linear regression question because that just shows like oh they don't know the fundamentals yeah right right yeah. so you got to know everything <laughs> that is really kind of nail in the coffin yeah cool well I guess for either of your internships right uh, maybe NLP is more focused on yours and then yours may be like a kind of anomaly detection so like outliers and kind of yeah. identifying distributions and stuff are there any particular topics from our coursework that we, we did together, either from my class, Robert's class, or another professor's, that you're finding really, really useful in your practicums? We actually did clustering before the anomaly detection, because I mentioned before, we have like two different irrigation types, but they don't have like, they have some of the label data, but most of them is not, it's like this fields, we don't know if it's doing like full irrigation or deficit irrigation. Mm -hmm. So, and if you put them all together, sometimes anomaly detection will detect all the deficit irrigation as like water stress, right? So first we need to separate those two groups. And then we do the anomaly detection. So, so I feel like the clustering um, is quite useful. But we tried like the clustering methods that we learned in class, like mm-hmm. K-means and others. But in the end, we use like DB scan. Oh, that right. works like mm-hmm. better. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, sorry, I never got to. <laughs> I mean, I had to pick. You know. Yeah, yeah. I had to pick the ones and K-means and uh, hierarchical. Mm-hmm. Right. Those are sort of the, the classics. Mm-hmm. So. I, you know, more than one student asked about DB scan. Oh. <laughs> so maybe next year, maybe I'll, I'll try to squeeze that in there next year. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. For me, I do. Well, this is like, this is something I've thought about outside of the practicum, just like how it's, I think up until like spring one, mm-hmm. I feel like all the classes are like building on top of each other. Yeah. So for example, you know, we started off with like, you know, linear regression with chance class, and then we got like a deeper dive into like other, you know other more complex things in Robert's class. And then, you know, we did for machine learning lab, we learned all the best practices and it kind of felt like everything was like connecting, mm-hmm. which I thought was like something I never had in my undergrad because I did like industrial engineering, which is like a bunch of different stuff. For sure. Right? For sure. It's just yeah. like, Oh, here's like knowledge. Right. Um, yes. And it felt like this program was kind of like building on top of everything. So that was like really nice specifically something I feel like is really undervalued and based off of all like the, managerial position people people who are like you know work with a lot of different data scientists Mm -hmm. i've heard that something that is like super underrated is like the like you know like best practices so like making sure you don't have any data leakage making sure that you're not accidentally fitting on the test set Mm. right making sure everything's like randomized or shuffled properly so like those are like just you know making sure you're not just checking accuracy you're checking like f1 checking roc mm-hmm. things like that those are all things that i feel like are less glamorous 
right but are very important totally um, that i thought you know is worth mentioning i i think i undervalued those when i before i came to this program i was just like oh yeah just like 90 percent accuracy sounds great and it's like <laughs> oh my my mom is predicting the majority class all the time and there's only majority <laughs> labels so you know stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah i think our program specifically for for me at least just like because we haven't done like a lot of in-depth dive into nlp and it is kind of a shame that the deep learning class is at the very end Mm -hmm. of the program but i feel like a lot of it has been like because i've had we've gotten like strong fundamentals from other classes it's pretty easy to pick up other stuff yeah yeah i think yeah the nlp coming earlier would be kind of well it depends on the practicum right in your your case it would definitely be more yeah but i think like being able to having this the prior knowledge kind of helped me yeah um you know it wasn't too bad yeah yeah yeah. were were you doing nlp work in your previous i think we did like one proof of concept project oh okay and then i left the company so i don't know what happened (laughs) so yeah no the concept made it yeah i don't know yeah (laughs) they're like oh this is pretty good but i don't know if they ever made it to production or what happened afterwards but uh Apparently, we did apparently inspire because I think we had originally just like a data science team, mm-hmm. but that was like a, a facade. It was like actually just like data analysts and like data monkeys <laughs> type yeah. things. Like you know, oh, like John from sales needs some data, so you just pull right. You just yeah. pull some, you yeah. run some query. Uh, but I think after like that peer, that proof of concept that we did, we it was enough incentive for the company to try and make it like an AI team, like a machine learning team. Oh, okay. Which is unfortunate because I left after that, yeah, <laughs> so we'll never yeah. know how that turned out. But yeah, I think it's just like this is something I learned before coming here, just like make, being able to frame your product or your results because you know you're always gonna have like if for example um, for our like we had like a sentiment analysis model, and then it was for like customer customer support tickets, and so logically. You're never gonna have people leaving customer support tickets that are like, "Oh, this is great" or whatever, yeah. right? So we would fine tune like our BERT model on just neutral and negative mm. because we felt that that would make more sense. And then when we're like pitching it to like you know, um, you know, the stakeholders, they're like, "How come when I type in I love X company, it gives me neutral?" And we're like, "Oh, we have to explain, you know, like, oh, right. you know, set set the boundaries and right. set like the expectations so that you can, you know, just like." end up looking like you didn't do anything or like, right. you know, yeah, I think like framing the product's really important, which is something that you kind of just learn by doing. You can't yeah. really teach that. Sure. Cool. Well, maybe, maybe this is something that I think is relevant to both of you, right? Like you both moved to the Bay area, yeah. right? For this program. How was that? What was that experience like? I moved from China, so it's quite some international trip. Yes. And back then, it was like COVID just ended in mm-hmm. China. So like I cannot, there's no like direct flight or the direct flight is too expensive. So like I fly, I flew from Beijing to Hong Kong, then from Hong Kong to San Francisco. The, the whole is like, it's kind of exhausting, but it was okay since my luggage was just coming directly to here. So I don't have to take care of them during the trip. But one thing is very interesting, like the first night I got here, because it's quite late at night, mm-hmm. and I cannot check into my apartment because the listening office is off work at that time. Oh, wow. So I just booked some random hotel near the airport. At that time, it's my first time in America. I don't know anything. <laughs> and I just find some somewhere. It's like about $150 a night. And 
I don't know if it's because the hotel, but after that night, on my way to my apartment next morning, my credit card got like stolen—not stolen, but like somebody、oh. trying to use my credit card. Then I asked my friend. They said it might be the front desk because they see me like a Chinese girl with a bunch of luggages、mm. and looks very um just got here, like doesn't know anything. So they're like, okay, let me get her credit card. I'm not sure why that's happened,、yeah. but like so. What? So my second day to America, it's like. My credit card. I instantly froze it just in case they like、mm-hmm. stole more money from me. Then I have like two or three hundred dollars at hand. That's all until I got、wow. a new like VOA card. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's a stressful introduction <laughs> to the US. But, yeah, but that's like quite interesting. Now I thought about it.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because it was. I was not panicking because I don't have time to react to it. But、right. now I thought about it. It's like.、Um, Quite a special experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's memorable for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I think like the barrier is quite nice. The weather is quite nice. Except like before I came here, I probably watched too many YouTube videos about California. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> sunshine and nice weather. I came here, it's like cold, not cold but chilly yeah, all year. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like,、mm. <laughs> totally. It's the range of California, yeah, right? Yeah. Come yeah. up here and it's like you have some of those days, but. They're in between the fog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When I was like packing、uh, mm-hmm. for the trip, my mom, I was like, "Oh, I'm just wearing, I'm just wearing shorts." My mom was like, "No." <laughs> my mom was like, "Cause my mom had visited California,、uh, San Francisco before, and she was like, 'No, no, 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 don't fall for that rookie mistake.'" <laughs> right, right. But yeah, I guess I'll go on.、Sure. Um, for me, it was very so. I since I did my undergrad in the U.S. already, I was already like pretty、mm-hmm. Americanized. <laughs> <laughs> like I went to like a bilingual school anyway, and my mom was pretty. Big on me being fluent in English and like being trilingual, I guess. So it was pretty like a no brainer just to come to America in general. Moving to the Bay specifically, honestly, I had I came to this program with the expectation I wouldn't make any friends. Like I thought that I had a lot. Of, I knew a couple of people from my undergrad that were already here, so I thought that I can just hang out with my undergrad friends. What I, I didn't realize was that. People have a very different schedule than like graduate students.、Mm. Um, you know, everyone. You gotta like for like you know someone who has like a nine to five. You have to like ask them like way in advance to like do stuff. And I think that just like kind of with the comes with the culture of being in the Bay. I think everyone's just always doing something.、Um, and so I was at first I was kind of like, oh man, this kind of sucks. You know, <laughs> there's like <laughs> I don't have any like friends I can hang out with. And at the start of the program, I think it's just because, you know, not to throw any shade at them, but Diane and Jeff kind of made it sound way too scary, <laughs> like the boot camp. And so it was kind of just, I think everyone was very nervous, and everyone was trying to do their best,、mm-hmm. and no one, wanted, everyone was like, "Oh, I don't have time for friends, just gonna study, right?" <laughs> and then everyone was like, "Arguably, those classes were way easier compared to some of the other classes we took." But for some reason, after like the first module, after the, after the boot camp, everyone like mellowed out and、yeah. everyone wants to be friends again. Totally,、um, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> just like、yeah. everyone <laughs> went from like, I'm not to talk to anyone to like, oh, let's hang out after class or whatever, you know? Yeah.、Um, yeah. Or maybe they figured out that the way you study is with the other people, right?、And、yeah. Study together. Well, I personally noticed that like, which is I don't know if this is gonna sound bad, but like when I fir- I started performing what better when I like didn't. Put as much stress on myself about、yeah. getting good grades. Yeah.、Um, and yeah, I feel like the the over the push for making sure everyone does well, or like oh, you know, just like the 
this the weird stigma and expectations set at the start of the program is yeah. kind of just to like offset the extremes i guess yeah whereas i would say i'm a very average person <laughs> like the program i'm like oh i'm pretty like you know you know not failing any classes you know so it's a-okay but i think like it's to account for like the extremes right people who are like struggling um, that is one thing that is kind of interesting is that you guys don't get to see like the the range yeah <laughs> that we we get to see sometimes so yeah but i do know that like the, all the instructors are very open-minded to like you know i know like you like help at struggling students a lot i know jeff in the past has like one-on-ones being like hey you know what, what can we do right mm-hmm. and it's yeah. not just like a you know you got a d minus c right? yeah yeah totally uh, because, like, in my undergrad, you know, big state school, very, very, very competitive, uh, you know, basically, people who don't do well get drowned out by the overwhelming amount of people that do do well, mm-hmm. so why should they care? Whereas, I feel like, or, like, the professors just focus on their doing their research, like, right. I want to write my, new, I gotta turn out some papers, right? Versus, like, here, everyone's very hands-on, you know, actually care about people learning, which I have come to appreciate more and more. So it's a, <laughs> it's definitely a different type of school than like a, you know, competitive like R1 or whatever, which is, you know, I think it's good. It's good for, for me at least. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my undergrad was a more of a teaching, mm-hmm. your, I don't know, liberal arts, small liberal arts yeah, college yeah. type. It was a state school too, okay, but cool. it's like California State University. Oh yeah. It was, um, was it up in Humboldt? Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. So now it's called, yeah, Cal Poly Humboldt. But, um, mm-hmm. right. I feel like that was definitely the best choice for me was to be at a school like that where the class sizes were smaller the focus was more on on teaching yeah the professors as long as they were tenured they weren't really even doing any research anymore totally right? totally yeah well on the, on the note about like friends and and stuff right like did you find it difficult to make friends in the bay area or was you know where did you find friends was it the program was it outside of class you know um, I mean, do you want to go first? Okay. Anyway. Um, I have I made some friends like in the program because, like, at first I like naturally hang out with Chinese people first, but then I started talking about like talking to like other classmates, and I found that they're really nice. And the the magic thing about our program is like everybody have like so different life experience before this program because I know like some other like famous data science program like New York University or Columbia like. Most of their students just coming like straight out of like undergrad, so they have like similar life experience. But in our program, like I know people who did like their first master in like Switzerland and then did some work in Singapore, then come here, or like people who have like two kids and come here. I feel like after seeing all those like life possibilities, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm still so young. I have like even though I'm now I'm facing a little bit difficult difficulty in my life, but I still have so like so many so much more possibilities in my future and like i can explore so many areas it's like quite eye-opening like talking to this many people and outside our program like i have some like former friends from undergrad they because they're one or two years older than me they started work in bay area because tech industry yeah <laughs> yeah so i sometimes i hang out with them and they sometimes introduce me to some of their like co-workers and they work as like uber ebay or like meta yeah, oh, that's like cool. quite cool. Yeah. 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 It's nice to kind of be around yeah. those those kinds of worlds, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think uh, 
I personally took like initiative to like because I was yeah because I to like you know form friend groups I guess because like yeah you we'd all to. sit together <laughs> and then they're like oh just talk about school and as soon as it's done you know everyone goes home and I was like guys we're done with we're done with finals you know we just absolutely got destroyed by Jeff's final <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's go get dim sum and they're like what and I'm like yes let's just do it and they're like okay and then we go and then you know I personally even though it's like really annoying sometimes or like of a hassle i try to organize things i create environments for people to you know do stuff something i wish that we did earlier was like for example like the picnic i thought was really nice yeah but that was like really late into the program i don't know if that's like a weather problem or like mm -hmm. a just in general people opened up more towards the end of the like the middle of the program right but i think like you know socials and stuff are pretty i'm pretty big on like so you know participating in socials and stuff like last weekend, like since we were done, we didn't have class. Mm -hmm. I asked, I was like, oh, I want to host a barbecue. <laughs> nice. So like, I got a bunch of people that I normally don't interact with. I was like, oh, yeah, I've spoken to like, you know, you a couple of times, but mm -hmm. we haven't really like, you know, done anything before. Come to my barbecue. Yeah. So I always try to like step out of, I enjoy just interacting with people in our program. Mm -hmm. So like I try to step out of like the general circle I'm in. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I guess, so I guess maybe just like a, to bring it back to the program, like, do you feel like you have enough time to do everything that you want to and manage the school and the work from the program? Is it, is it hard? I feel like uh, we have time. You just have to squeeze the time out of your schedule. Yeah. 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 Because normally we have breaks between each module. So I feel like in between those breaks, we have like, you can travel somewhere or go hiking for like two days. That's like pretty manageable. Mm -hmm. And during the module, I feel like as long as you do your work, like you do your today's work today, you yeah. don't procrastinate. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I feel like after we start job hunting, it's like been more stressful and we don't have much free time because there's no like fixed amount of work for job hunting. You're just like polishing your resume over and over for a hundred times <laughs> yes yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but i think before march i my life is like pretty good i feel like quite productive and quite fun i enjoy my life quite a lot nice. yeah it's yeah. great in terms of like balancing like coursework and like you know personal time i feel that this program is pretty fair when it comes to how much time you spend for like what percent of the grade is worth or whatever mm -hmm. i know like in my undergrad it was like oh yeah you spend 72 hours doing this thing that's worth 5% of your grade. And I'm like, oh, what? Right. This is not fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? So I felt like all the projects and homework assignments have been pretty fair. Studying is obviously like your own prerogative. You just do that sure. on your own. But the only class where I felt like it was like an un... It was like not necessarily unfair, but it's very open-ended mm -hmm. was the entrepreneurship class. Oh, right. Because right. it's kind of like... Uh, obviously, Yuri is very fair. He's not going to take off points because he doesn't like your idea. But it does feel like a big time sink. And then balance, juggling that with practicum and then applying for jobs, yeah. you end up not having time for, like, you know, you know, blow off steam or whatever. Yeah. So I think besides that, in general, it's been pretty fair. The product, the entrepreneurship class has been very, like, here's every day, you know, just do everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was impressed by what you guys did when I came to your, your pitches for the VCs, right? That was... I was a lot of stuff. I was impressed that you guys did all that in seven weeks. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of, luckily, like I had some experience already. Mm -hmm. um, right. But, you know, I even, something, again, just, I always bring this back to my practical mentor, but sure. I would ask him for like small bits of advice. 
like how would you deploy this or like you know mm-hmm. can you fine-tune a decoder of a model and yeah. he's like yes and then he just like you know point me in the right direction which is something i appreciate a lot but yeah it's like a lot of um i think this is like a project that we all felt very proud of because it's like yeah. you know it's a full end-to-end product uh, only problem is hosting is expensive <laughs> yeah yeah so were you, you were on the same team yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so are you planning on trying to host it and keep it up like i don't know what i don't know what your product was but i know that yeah some of the other groups are like they want this product to live on and you yeah know, maybe yeah. maybe try to make it into something more and he, yeah he summarize like what dim summary was oh yeah then... dim summary yeah, so yeah dim summary. i missed i missed your presentation yeah. I, I joined a little bit later i think you had already mm-hmm. dropped off but... okay yeah so our product was basically uh, opinion summarization from restaurant reviews. So taking the opinions of a certain restaurant, it would generate a summary about like the highlights of the restaurant, what was good, what was bad, you know, things to look out for. And, you know, you just, you could just query a restaurant name and then it would like, you know, output summary based off of like, it would like live, it would live web scrape the reviews too. So that was like a nice functionality we had. It wasn't just like from a data set or whatever. In terms of keeping it up, right now we have it on AWS, and oh, okay. everyone knows AWS is not very cheap. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I think Yuri managed to get us some like fifty dollars worth of credits, and that was all gone like in two weeks. Yeah. I was like, "Youp!" I didn't even do any like training on it. It was just like ha- just hosting was mm-hmm. like took up most of the the billing. I think it'd be nice. I think we're gonna keep it up for a few more weeks. Just because I think it does help that it's a good talking point in interviews and it right. does help us. Uh, I think when we were working on it, we had like big visions. We were like, oh, like we can yeah. have like this super mm-hmm. robust data source, and you know, we can have like you know, can we, we can expand this to other reviews. We can mm-hmm. make this a Chrome extension. Um, the opportunity cost is a bit high, right, <laughs> right. so we I think as like a fun thing to talk about, it was pretty mm-hmm. nice. I don't think we're gonna like push it any further than it actually is yeah i have considered moving it to after after your class i considered moving it to streamlit because it's just like they already have built-in pytorch support mm. something i noticed that like you know aws products don't have unless you're doing it on like SageMaker, is that there's no like ml ml support most i would keep getting these errors like oh your pytorch library is too big so fail mm. um gotcha. <laughs> so that was like a that was just something that we need to consider mm. But yeah, I think, you know, we'll make like minor adjustments down the line. But for now, we'll just keep it as is. Yeah. Very cool. cool. Yeah. Very cool. Oh, yeah. No, that was good. Um, yeah. yeah so you're running off with some future prospective students advice, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> or just call it. Up to you. Um, do you have any advice for like... future students? <laughs> yeah, you're given quite a bit. I don't know. Do you have any last thoughts? Uh, I don't know. I feel like just, um no, I think that's it. Okay. <laughs> that's it. I'm, just, I'm trying to think. Yeah, all, all the thing I can think of is like, oh yeah, don't get a car or do get a car. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yep. You know, things like that. Mm-hmm. But I do, I do think the practicum. I feel like a lot of people stress about the practicum placement at the start. I know I did. And so I think, you know, even if you get placed in a practicum you're not happy with, it'll be okay because you can always spin it. Mm-hmm. In a way that interest benefits you, and you know every all the all the faculty is very willing to you know be on your side and make that push as long as it's reasonable, right? Uh, like I know Victor is always like, oh, you know, if you are interested in A/B testing, you we can talk to the company and try and do an A/B testing project, right? So like, 
don't worry too much about like practical placement, I guess, because right. it all work out in the end. Totally. Oh, in the end of the day, it's just like the the company brand or whatever is nice, but at the end, it's just it's just numbers that get parsed through a paper, like an ATS, <laughs> right? So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I think that's great advice. You know, is I think what you were saying earlier kind of goes in with, you know, you you found yourself thriving better when you took the pressure off, and I think that same thing goes with the practicum, right? When mm -hmm. you accept it and allow it to be, okay, this is the experience I'm going to have. It's going to go a lot better than if you try to force it into something that maybe it wasn't what you had in mind, right? Yeah. All right. That's very cool. Do, does anybody want to say no? Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, All right. Then, yeah. Well, it was great to talk to both of you. Thanks so much, Kyle and Shinshi, for coming on the podcast. And um, yeah. see you guys out there. I'll be excited yeah. to see yeah. where you guys end up in a couple months. Yeah, thank <laughs> you, Cody. Thanks, yeah, mm -hmm. Cody.